Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. There are many different paths you can take. But there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for an inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on Battery Power, where I've been the deputy site manager for some number of years and the minor league editor for a larger number of years than that. You can follow me over on Twitter at Leprechaun with a K to get all the major and minor league insights about the Braves that you want, my occasional thoughts on the world. Notwithstanding, considering that not many folks want to hear about those, you're mostly going to be getting baseball takes over there. Joining me as my co-host, which is pretty much the norm uh, for a while now, uh, is my good buddy, longtime colleague at Battery Power. You can follow him at Twitter at BravesMILB. Garrett Spain, how the hell are you? I am good. We have a lot to go through this week. Um, first week of the season, so uh, we got a lot of new looks at guys, guys that we have either haven't seen or just haven't seen in a while. And so we have quite a bit to go through here. We're going to try to keep it uh, fairly short, but no promises that we're not going to uh, run a little overboard here. Um We'll just, you know, kind of run through things as quick as we can and come back. To, you know, I was talking to him before the show. I was talking to Eric before the show. We'll run through stuff uh pretty quickly, and then this is all stuff that we'll come back to it. You know, if you, there's stuff that you want clarification on, we'll probably come back to it on later episodes. Or you can just reach out to one of us, you know, on Twitter, and we'll be willing to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're definitely trying to – one, it's early in the season, right? That even though that, like, for example, we've been fooled by early starts, good and bad before. So we don't know that we don't want to necessarily draw too many conclusions this early. There's a lot of guys are handled very differently. And also there's just so many just new guys at, at different levels and kind of it's a, it's a, it's almost too much information and we don't want to necessarily condense down to quote unquote the important players, I guess is the best way I know how to describe it. So we're going to do our best to be relatively efficient in this podcast. And for those who aren't aware, the way our format for the in-season minor league podcast goes is that we go through each level and just kind of talk about what was going on at every, any given level. Now, what we try to do is that we try to highlight the, the top performers. If there's outliers that aren't quote unquote prospects, we want to still want to make sure we give them some, you know, some love if they're performing really well. But we also want to try to give you guys updates as to what is going on with the top prospects in the system, good or bad. It's a little tricky this time of year because some, one, there's been so much turnover in, 
turnover in the minor leagues. And two, there's a lot of guys that we just haven't had eyes on before that we want to, it's, it's almost information overload in a lot of ways. So we're going to do our best to make sure that we give you guys the, the kind of the, the cliff notes versions of kind of what we're seeing early on, uh, with these opening series of games. Again, only a handful of games from this past week. But then as we kind of get into the season, we're going to be like, you're going to hear deeper dive conversations into each of these guys. Uh, and also just go over to batterybower.com. We've already had some, uh, articles going up on some more in-depth first kind of first glance type analysis from Garrett, uh, talking about AJ Smith Shaver. We're going to be doing that with some other guys as well. So don't think that this is going to be the only place that you can get that information. You can, if you really want to like go want to know about some of these guys who are pretty brand new. And we're going to be having some more in-depth analysis going up on the site as well. So think of this as a compendium, you know, kind of a a part of our minor league coverage. It's not necessarily going to be necessarily completely comprehensive, especially with so many names to cover this week. And with that, Garrett, we're going to start actually at the major league level, which has been uh, fairly interesting because we have some of our, our quote-unquote, our babies up there. And uh, our, our, our adult sons have been performing, and they've been performing well. So tell us a little bit what's been going on at the major league level in terms of the kind of the guys who are either relatively recent prospect graduates or haven't even graduated from prospect status yet. Yeah, so the biggest two are Spencer Strider and Kyle Wright in terms of their you know performance so far this season. Kyle Wright, I mean Spencer Strider appeared on opening day, two innings pitched, struck out five guys. I mean, it's as good as we've seen him really. Uh, he was dotting his fastball up, his slider was working, but it was mostly that fastball, and that was kind of it was kind of one of those performances that really opened up. You know, it's one of those eye-opening performances for guys, for people who haven't seen him yet. Like this is really what this guy can do. Um, if he does that again, does that a couple of times. I would not be surprised. I already wouldn't have been surprised going into the season, but I would not be surprised if he is not, if he ends up staying up when rosters get reduced. It just wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's, he's good enough to pitch at the major league level and it's going to be a debate whether you want him to continue to develop or go ahead and help this team try to make the playoffs. Um, and that's going to be an interesting decision to see how they go there. Uh, Kyle Wright looked as good as we've ever seen him. I mean, not a very good uh, lineup against him with the Reds, but he was attacking the zone. He was getting outs. It was as really probably his best regular season start he's had or very close to it. He looked great, and he's he's adjusted his arsenal a bit. He's throwing his curveball harder. He's throwing his curveball more often. He's attacking more. All of these are good changes. You know, the hope here is – he hasn't, you know, we've seen he's come up from the minor league level now and really from the World Series to now he hasn't struggled. And so the question now for him is when he runs into trouble for the first time, is he going to get away from what he's been doing? And that we just don't know yet. Uh, hopefully, though, we're hoping that he succeeds and that we never have to write another uh, minor league recap about him again because we're getting a little tired of the up and down with him. So let's hope he let's hope he gets it uh, figured out. Uh, William Contreras had one game last week, struck out three times, n- not the best showing. Uh, doesn't seem like they're very eager to get him in the lineup. Yeah, it's definitely been weird with their usage with William. I figured that if they were going to have him kind of 
in the big leagues that when they needed that kind of that different look at DH that they would be giving him an opportunity. Uh, but instead, Orlando RC has been getting those looks. Uh, if you want my thoughts or the thoughts of basically anyone on the battery power staff regarding having Orlando RC as your, as your designated hitter, your preferred designated hitter right now, uh, you, you will not struggle to find those takes and we won't be going into those here. Uh, beyond that, I thought Spencer looked great. Uh, just like you said, the fastball command was just really on point. They clearly had nothing for him in terms of being able to touch him. I mean, striking out five guys in over two innings, he was um, quite good. I was pleasantly surprised by Kyle because I'm not surprised to see him do well the first time through a lineup because we've seen that. That's been actually a fairly consistent thing for him in the minor leagues is that that first time through the order, he does reasonably well. The thing that I've been saying for years is that what will tell me more is that if he can consistently – do well the second time through the lineup because we see him just we change he changes his approach he stops ch- trusting his stuff and then again I say past tense here because what happened in his start this past week was not the case that was not the case he was trusting his stuff trusting his breaking ball to be able to throw up for strikes and to get swings when he you know swings and misses when he needed to the fastball command was much better than we had seen it in the past I was just blown away that he was able to be that good and that efficient because he can get also in long at bats at times, get fouled off a whole bunch, and then he kind of can tell you that he gets gassed or he just gets frustrated and starts changing the way he tries to do things. And really, as talented as Kyle is, all he has to do is just trust his stuff, and he's going to find success. I'm not saying he's going to always, you know, be able to go, you know, six, seven innings with a, you know, shutout ball, but at the same time, I do think that there's enough talent there. It's easy to forget. This is a guy who was in the, like, number one overall pick conversation when he was drafted out of Vanderbilt. And the Braves were somewhat fortunate to even have a chance to land him where they did. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I remain skeptical because I've had my heart broken by Kyle before, but I don't necessarily want to, you know, say that, you know, we, he's finally turned a corner until we actually see it happen. So with that, we go to Triple A Gwinnett. Garrett, we have um, an interesting group, uh, a, a strong start for some guys, followed by some weird things happening. The, the Gwinnett has performed well. The the results in terms of the wins and losses was good for Gwinnett. So talk to us a little bit about how everyone's been doing up there. We got two outings from Kyle Muller last week, um, and he looked good in both. Uh, I wouldn't say that he looked – there's nothing that we saw from him last week that is a surprise. He didn't do anything different that made me think that he's made some sort of crazy adjustment there. He just – did what he did. He succeed. You know, he succeeded at the AAA level last year. I think he's going to continue doing that this year. It's just about slowly developing and refining that command more and more. Um, you know, I've looked at some approach things with him, and he tends to work down. He's he's working more towards that um, arm side down corner. He's working that more often and kind of trying to hit that corner. He doesn't really go with the high fastballs very often, kind of more late in the uh, counts. But you can see he's working on not just chucking it down the middle and hoping for the best. He's actually trying to hit spots and do the right things there. And so there's some progress there. Um, Jacel De La Cruz uh, looked much, much better than he did last year. Now, we didn't see quite that upper 90s velocity from him. It was more in the 95 to 97 range. Uh which is fine. He was working efficiently. He was throwing strikes. That's a big thing with him. Last year, he really struggled, and the slider looked good. He kept the ball in the zone, and that's 
a big key for him. Now he only threw 40 pitches. Most of their guys have been stretched, you know, that are starters have been stretched out to 60 or 70 at this point. So I'm thinking he's more of an opener because they need a guy in the rotation right now. I don't think that he's a full-time starter for the Braves. Um, I think they're looking at him as a relief arm right now uh, or as an opener right now, which I think is best for him long-term. He didn't really throw any change-ups in the last outing. So I think that's best for him, but I don't, him starting is not a sign that he is going to continue starting. That's just what he did right now. Um, Braden Shoemake, though, I think we can all agree was the most impressive guy from the minor leagues last week. In when, when, he, when he was on the field. Yeah. When he was on the field. <laughs> Unfortunately, he played three games and then he was scratched from the lineup on uh, Friday and hasn't played since. We don't know what's going on there, but He's made some adjustments to a swing. He's simplified it. He's quicker to the ball. Everything about him looks like a different player than the player that we saw struggle last year. This is a small sample, of course, but he looks better now at AAA than he did at any point last year, and it's good to see from him. I mean, that's that's a guy that the Braves really are hoping are it's going to take that next step. And it looks like he's taken a major step forward this year. His defense looks superb. Um and now let's just hope he's not injured and that he can get back on the field because he looked great. And if he can continue that up, he's if he can continue to do that, he is going to get consideration next year to play the shortstop position, especially if Dancy Swanson walks. He's kind of the next guy up. And if he plays really well at Triple A this year, they will give him a shot, at least in spring training. They will give him a shot to try to earn that job. Um couple of lesser prospects, Trace and Janista, hit a couple home runs last week. Uh, hasn't really looked good at the plate outside of that, but it, you know if you hit two home runs in four games, I mean, that plays. Uh, ton of power there. He's hitting the ball a long way, but still just doesn't make much contact. Justin Dean also did not make much contact at all, and he did not hit home runs last week. Uh, that's a... I'm not entirely surprised that he's struggling, but he looks really overmatched at the plate right now. And you really, he's a guy that I don't think is a starter at this point, but he still needs to hit better than he has to be even a bench bat. The defense is fantastic. It was fantastic this week. It's just he needs to make more contact than what he's been doing. Uh, and then in terms of the non-prospects, Travis Demerit had, a ridiculous week. I, he, he really did. He was really just, good. He had like five doubles in six games. Like he was really, really good. Uh, he continues to be very, very good. Uh, I'm skeptical that he's ever going to figure out enough to hit at the major league level, but he didn't strike out as much as he did last year this week. So if he can t- continue that, maybe you give him a look as a bench bat later in the season. Uh, and then Pat Belika, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that if someone gets injured at the major league level, he could be up. He was good. There. He was ridiculous last week. He had hits in every single game. It felt like multiple hits in every single game. He played really well last week. Yeah, it was it was a weird week to watch for Gwinnett because it felt like things were going to fall apart at multiple points for them in multiple games, and instead they actually just kind of figured it out and got the job done <laughs> overall. Um, you know, with with Strider and Tucker Davidson, who's going to be uh, probably starting for Atlanta tomorrow. You know the, the rotation has been kind of making it making it work. You know guys like Jackson Stevens getting starts and things like that. But uh, I do wish that Mueller would 
I, I tend to agree with you in the sense that I wish that he would find a way to be able to attack up in the zone, um, particularly in to uh, to righties. Like if he can get that if he can get that fastball up and in, but like you know like make it comp- a competitive pitch, I think that'd do wonders for him. There is a question with his arm slot there as to whether or not that pitch really plays well with what arm slot he's coming with. So. I assume that that's what maybe the Braves are thinking there is that, you know, just the way that his arm action is, is that, you know, maybe that the, 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 you know, four seam up isn't necessarily something that he was, he's ever going to really excel at. But the biggest thing for him is just getting his command under control. And it was a bit hit and miss this past, uh, you know, this past week to get started anyway. I, I was really happy to see what Braden Shoemaker was doing. I, I loved the swing changes. I loved how the direct pass to the ball that he had, that he, that he had. I was really bummed that it seems like he's dinged up or something. I wouldn't necessarily draw too many conclusions about that because early in the season is when we're going to see, you know, teams and organizations just being super careful if a guy has tweaked something that they're just going to hold them out and just give them some, give them some time to get healthy so that they can get through the entire season rather have something linger and end up making it worse down the line. But, you know, the, the home run he get, I thought that was going to be a lazy fly ball and that ball carried out. So that's a really encouraging thing to see from Braden. Obviously, defensively, that was the one, th- one thing that before last season, I wasn't sure if he was even going to be a shortstop. And between the entirety of last season and just the, the brief looks that we've got from him this year, I mean, there's no, he's a no doubt shortstop. It's just a question of whether or not he's going to hit. And the early returns this season were great. We'll just have to see whether or not he's dinged up or not. Um, and as for, you know, I, I still don't know. I understand that you know Jesse will definitely look better, but it's in such a small sample, and we've just seen him be a shadow of his former self. I just wonder how healthy he is. I wonder what the state of his arm is, and whether that's going to hold up for a whole season and things like that. He did look sharp, but it's nothing I'm going to draw too many conclusions about. Uh, Grayson and Je- Grayson Janista and Justin Dean; those are two guys who I'm glad that Grayson hit a couple home runs, but beyond that, those are guys who. I expected to struggle a bit with their hit tools, and unfortunately, that's how it started. Hopefully, that they can kind of get make adjustments and get things going because you know they're two guys that I really do wish would be successful. But right now, it just looks like that their bats weren't quite ready for AAA. So let's get to Mississippi because uh, there's a lot of guys that we like a whole lot on Mississippi's roster, and <laughs> definitely a again another weird week in the sense that I don't know if it was exactly how we thought things were going to go. But we saw some strong offensive performances from some of the usual suspects, some less good ones uh, from the, the usual suspects. And then uh, pitching performances kind of up and down as well, although we had a couple of norms in particular in the rotation that did really well. So talk to us a little bit about what's been going on with Mississippi. So it's important to note with these lower levels, we only have three games each for them. So some of the guys in the rotation have not pitched yet. That is the case with Mississippi where Freddie Tarnock and Alan Ronhell, who are guys yep. that we are watching closely this year, have not pitched yet. The guys that have pitched have done fairly well. Um, William Woods opened up. He had some command issues. His off-speed stuff wasn't very sharp. Um, you know, he was – we talked about it last Fastball, episode, fastball it, command wasn't good fat, either. No, n- none of his command was very good. He It was definitely not his best outing. Um we were talking last episode that he wasn't on any roster. Obviously, that was either a mistake or they weren't quite where, sure where to assign him yet. Right now, he is at Double A, which is where he belongs. I mean, he he definitely wasn't wor- ready for Triple A. He's probably a little bit above High A at this point. But with him, you just need to see progression in that command of the fastball. I don't know if the off-speed stuff for him is ever going to be fantastic, but he's got to really just tighten up everything at this point. Um, 
The other two, Darius Vines and Jared Schuster, were fantastic. Schuster, he allowed one home run, um, but other than that, was pretty much untouchable, his off-speed stuff. So for these two, we did not get a very good look at it. Unfortunately, center field cam was out for Mississippi, so we're relying on some other reports here um, that Schuster's off-speed stuff looked fantastic, which we expect from him. We know he has a great changeup. We know the slider's good. We expected that from him. It's just we had concerns in the coming of the year whether he was going to get hit hard. Other than that home run, he really didn't get hit hard. Now, other than that home run is kind of a uh, unfortunate thing because you don't want to allow home runs. But other than the one pitch, it was fine. Uh, Darius Fines, same way. He had one inning where his command kind of went. Other than that, the off-speed stuff was fantastic. He got a bunch of outs for them. He struck out a bunch of guys. And that's a thing to watch for him. If he can continue missing bats at these upper levels and striking guys out, his stock is going to go up very quickly. I think with guys, we tend to fall in love with the big fastballs and projecting them and projecting them and what they could possibly be. But with Vines, you're looking at a guy who has command of four pitches. Uh, all three of his off-speed pitches can get swings and misses. And so he can kind of survive if, as long as he commands that fastball, keeps it out of the middle of the zone, he'll be fine. If he can t- continue missing bats, he's going to be a guy that gets a lot of attention very, very quickly. Um, Onto the offensive side, Michael Harris is, of course, the guy in the system that uh, we're all going to talk about. Um, and it's fairly similar to what we saw last year. A lot of line drives, a lot of ground balls. He's using the offensive field quite a bit. Um, he had a couple of base running mishaps in his last, in his mo- most recent game. We've seen that a little bit from him where he tends to get a little aggressive a little too early on jumps and gets picked off sometimes. Um, that's something to refine with him, but he's young. It's not a huge deal. Uh, the big thing for him, he's getting a lot of hits, but he's struggling a little bit on inside pitches. He did struggle last year on inside pitches, and that's a part of his game that he needs to kind of cover that hole a little bit. I don't think that he's ever just the way his swing is geared. I don't think he's going to be fantastic on inside pitches at any point in his career, kind of the way Acuna is. He prefers to get extended and use all fields that way. Uh, but mitigating some of those issues on the inside part of the plate and being more patient on breaking balls that uh, hit the back foot are going to be interesting developments for him. Uh, Jesse Franklin uh, struck out a lot. And I think I I expected that somewhat, but uh, it was a lot. He had four, he, he went one for one with four walks in his last game, which is, Really uh, wild, but other than that, he he didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, again, early in the season, so it's not a huge deal, but he's got to cut down on the strikeouts. He's going to strike out a lot just because of the way he is swinging to hit the ball as far as he possibly can. So he's going to strike out a lot, but he can't strike out 40% of the time uh, and survive. It sh- no one can do that, so he... He's got to cut back on that some, and I think he will. I think, again, that's a small sample that as he gets more time in the season, he started slow last year with strikeouts. He was striking a lot out, out a lot at the beginning of the season. Give him some time and kind of reevaluate that come May. If he's still striking out a ton in May, then you kind of start to see a red flag there. But right now, obviously, that's not a concern. The good news, Trey Harris – this is a big year for Harris. He has to hit this season or he's going to fall out of favor. And he crushed it last week. He had a home run. He was, 
he wasn't striking out. He was hitting the ball all over the place. That's a really good sign for him because he doesn't have the defense to ride that through the system. He has to hit. And he probably has to hit this season for us to really feel confident in him. And he did that early on. And that's the big sign for him. And he just has to hopefully keep that going. He never, he never really got comfortable last year at any point and seeing him hit early this year and look better at the plate is a great sign. Uh, Drew Lugbauer struggled a bit last week, uh, but he did have one um, gargantuan home run in their opener. Yeah, that ball hasn't that ball, yet. <laughs> that ball was like almost dead center. That ball was probably at least 430. I mean, it, that was a – you don't hit – you don't see them, especially this early in the year, as cold as it was, you don't see guys hit a ball that far in that stadium. Yeah, that was a fun one, um, to be sure. I, uh, you know, just a couple notes here. I think you really kind of nailed all the important stuff here. Vines and Schuster are weirdly similar pitchers in that, you know, the, the questions are about their fastballs, not necessarily about their off-speed stuff. Schuster has the best changeup in the system. Uh, Vines is right there with him with some really good, some really good off-speed stuff. I do think with, between the two guys, I almost have more confidence in Vines in terms of upside simply because they're, they're, they both can command their pitches for the most part, but when Vines misses, there's, he's not missing in the zone, which I can't necessarily say the same thing with Schuster, particularly with fastball command. And I think that Vines, and again, this is more anecdotal than anything else, uh, because I don't think that, I, mean, I think the strikeout numbers are relatively similar, but I think he just kind of gets more swings and misses than Schuster, and I think he has some more pitches that he can get swings and misses on, because I do think that in Schuster's case that, especially when he's not on, that you can either you either write off a fastball because he can't throw up for strikes, or you just wait on a fastball because when he's throwing it, he's throwing it down the middle. So uh, the, between those two guys, it's a really kind of interesting dynamic because you know Schuster's a former first round pick, and Darius Vines is more of a you know kind of a guy who's had to make a name for himself you know after not being a particularly highly ra- uh, ranked prospect or anything like that. Uh, Michael Harris's case, I wish that he would just be. This guy has a lot of raw power. He just has not been able to show it in games quite yet. He he's hit some home runs. Don't get me wrong. And when he hits the ball hard, you know, it's it's definitely loud loud contact. But I I do hope that he can kind of figure out a way to kind of tap into that a little more. He's gonna have to turn on some of these inside pitches, you know, and, you know, also he, I think he's done a good job being able to defend himself on those outside, uh, particularly against lefties when they're throwing those change up and those breaking balls outside to him. He really defends himself well on that and being able to work the opposite way. But I do wish he would turn on some more pitches that were inside to him. Cause if he just got his hands in and turned on the ball, I mean, some of those balls, you're going to talk about some length on some home runs. Cause that guy can really clock them. Uh, William Woods, a little bit disappointing that the, really the command wasn't there at all. Fastball command in particular wasn't great, but you know, it was nice to see him actually in action, uh, getting the opening night start for Mississippi. This is a live, live arm. This is a guy who can hit triple digits with his fastball. So if he can figure things out as a starter, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, that's all we have for the moment. We're going to get into Rome and Augusta, where we, particularly in Augusta, where we have a lot of new names that we want to talk about. But before we get to those names, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsor. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Garrett, it is time to talk about the Rome Braves. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to give you a whole lot of great information about Rome because they were in Greensboro this past week where they have no video feeds whatsoever. And I know it comes as a shock to our listeners, but SB Nation does not pay for us to go and travel to all these games. We can't have representation at all of them, unfortunately. So we don't have video, but we do have a general idea as to what was happening. So, Garrett, give us a rundown of kind of what we saw at Rome, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Rome, up until about the last six innings of Sunday's game, uh, was hitting very well. Uh, Von Grissom kind of leading that group. He hit 385 last week. Uh, he had a couple strikeouts in his first game and then hasn't done any of that since. Um, kind of what we expect for Grissom. I don't think that any of us expected him to struggle at high. A. I mean, especially given the way he ended last season. Um, and seeing him come out and immediately start raking again, I mean, that's just kind of what we want to see from him. He played shortstop in every game. I believe he played shortstop in every game. Uh, he might have played not played shortstop in one, but I'm pretty sure he played it at all three, which – I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, Which is not normal, was not normal for him last year. Last year he moved around quite a bit. He usually did not play shortstop in back-to-back games. So seeing him play a lot of shortstop, we need to see him, like, actually see him play shortstop. Um. He's error prone at this stage in his career. I mean, that's something that we've known and he makes a ton of errors and that's something that he's going to have to clean up regardless of what position he plays, but especially if he plays shortstop. Um, but yeah, he hit and that's as long as he hits, he will have a spot. They will find a spot for him if he continues to hit. Justin Henry Malloy had a good opening day, kind of struggled down the stretch throughout the week. He's a guy I expect to hit fairly well this week. Again, three games, so who, who really cares that much? But he's a guy I expect to hit better going forward than he did. Um, and then that, the rest of it was just kind of, I mean, there's not a bunch of huge prospects on that team outside of Grissom. Um, Christian Robinson had a fairly good week. Bryson Horn had a really good week. I'm, I'm sure Wayne will be uh, very happy to hear that. Oh, yeah, he's been letting us know. Yeah, yep, he, every he time. had a fantastic week this week. Um, so overall, the offense did really, really well. Um, the pitching staff, Dylan Dodd did really good for about four innings. Uh and then he ran into some trouble. You know, you'll see that a lot early in the season. Guys, once they get into that fifth inning and beyond, they're going to start to wear down very quickly, and they're going to start struggling with his command. He did that. He started to struggle after the fourth inning. But overall, his numbers were very good, and he looked we, – well, we don't know what he looked like. His numbers looked very good. He struck out – I think he struck out seven batters. I could be confusing his line with someone else. He either struck out six or seven. Struck out quite a few guys, and – He's a guy that I think we all kind of expect could rise fairly quickly in the system. If spots open up at the AA level, he could go up there within a couple of months. Uh, he's a guy that we're really, I'm looking forward to getting eyes on. The other guys I'm look, the other guy I am looking forward to getting eyes on is Andrew Hoffman, who did not have such a fine outing. Uh, 
Yeah, it wasn't great. He tended no. to have a lot of, he had a lot of deep counts. He was having trouble putting guys away. Uh, not a whole, uh, quite a few walks. You know, that was an, it, it looked like the control was the issue for him where he tended to not be able to find his spots. And that's not something that he struggled with last year. And I'm wondering if it's just a matter of early season. You're kind of just not fully into it, especially which, which they did not have a shortened spring training, but it was still a bit of a weird spring training, even for, you know, minor league guys. And so you wonder if, you know, just that early season, he's just not quite fully ramped up yet. He did struggle with his control. I don't know how much of an issue that's going to be for him going forward. Cause it's not something that he struggled with in any of our viewings last year. So it's just too small of a sample to really draw conclusions on, especially when we couldn't actually watch him pitching. We like Hoffman a lot. We have, very, we all want to see him pitch, and as the next time he's on the mound, you can believe all of our eyes are going to be tuned into that game. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one name that I want to mention that you actually mentioned in our preview broad podcast, but we don't have listed here, Lisandro Santos mowed through some guys in his relief appearance, two innings and six strikeouts with just a walk. I really want to get eyes and see what the, how that Arsenal's playing up, what the pitches look like and all that good stuff. Uh, fortunately, I am going to be, in addition to, you know, hopefully the Rome games actually being streamable, which, you know, by all accounts should be considering they're going to be home, but I'm also going to be at Rome on Wednesday to kind of get an eye on it. And I think it lines up where I can watch Dodd. Which is, which is nice because I can get the eyes on Dodd and hopefully get all the eyes on these bullpen arms. Let's see what Va- Vaughn's looking like and all that. Uh, the one thing with Vaughn is just always I want to make sure he's driving the ball with authority, uh, because he's another guy that has power. I, it's not nearly as much raw power as, as Michael Harris has, but he has some pop and just being more than a, like a singles guy that with the occasional ground ball double and things like that, being able to drive the ball with authority and make, make pitchers play for mistakes. I want to see him do that, but I mean, there, it's hard to argue with the results. He, the guy just knows how to hit. He just flat out hits. And, you know, again, what he looks like it's short and all that stuff, there's not information that we have right now. I, I thought it was a relatively encouraging uh, adding for Dodd. Keep in mind here that Dodd was a third round senior sign. So for $125,000, they get a guy who has actual real upside, who like has fastball that's like sits in around the mid nineties, throws a bunch of pitches. I'm, He's a real arm, despite the fact that he's a senior sign. He does have to move quickly, though, uh, because he's a senior sign, just because of his age. So, you know, hopefully he's able to kind of establish himself and dominate in low, in high A early, so that way he can move up to double A and see if they can, the Braves can actually get some more value out of that pick. Again, unfortunate to see Hoffman not have a particularly great outing, but overall, you know, again, it's early season, so I don't want to draw too many conclusions one way or the other from anyone's early starts, but it was just unfortunate to see them. And again, Lissandro Santos is a guy that I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on in terms of relief arm. Alec Barger actually had a good, Barger had a good game too, uh, out of relief. So both, both of those guys, I'm kind of interested to see what they look like going forward as relief prospects, even though we don't give them a whole lot of love or at least maybe not as much as we should on like our prospect lists and things like that. We still keep close on close tabs on those guys because when they tend to move quickly, they move really quickly. And we'll see if that, that, that stands to be the case with some of those guys. Now we get to Augusta, Garrett, and there are a lot of names that we've been looking forward to watching for a long time. Makai Backstrom, Caden Morton, uh, AJ Smith-Schaffer, Adam Shoemaker. Those are like the highlights, but we also got surprised by some guys with Chris Anglin and Robert Salinas. It, Brendel Mosquito was good. So like walk us through kind of what we saw down in Augusta overall, because again, these are some of the names we've like flat out haven't seen, only like bits and pieces of clips 
from like the Florida Coast League on a lot of these guys. It's literally all we've seen. So talk us through kind of how everyone did down there for the Green Jackets. So when I mentioned guys that I was just going to kind of touch on and then move on, this is the point of the program where we're not going to dig too deep in guys just because there's so much. Um, Mekhi Backstrom hit a home run in his last game, hit a double that was one of the hardest hit balls I've ever seen. Uh, we don't have the exit velocity on it. Uh, but it was a missile. It, <laughs> that ball got past the right fielder on a line. I mean, that was as hard as I've – he is a strong, strong man. Like, he can hit the ball a long way, and he can hit it hard. His swing has holes in it, and he's going to strike out a lot at this stage. He's very raw. That's just who he is right now. But – when you see a guy hitting a ball that hard, it draws a lot of uh, attention very, very quickly. Uh, we liked Makai. We want to see him have a bounce back from last year. There are definitely going to be times that he struggles this year just because of how much he will probably strike out. But seeing him hit the ball that well was a good sign. Uh, Brandon Mosquito was a guy I was excited to um, watch this year. He's extremely athletic in the outfield, played a made some good plays in center field on Sunday. Uh, makes a quite a bit of contact, more contact than I was expecting. He, there wasn't a ton of, ton of swing and miss, not as much as other guys. There is still some swing and miss to his game. There's raw power there. Um, and this is one of those things where mechanically he kind of bails his lower body out. He has a very complicated lower body. And I think that may end up limiting his power. And if he doesn't make some changes again, these are young guys and, there's going to be a lot of coaching that goes forward with these guys, but I love the athleticism from him. Same with Caden Morton. There's a little bit of a hitch in his hands. It's probably going to cause some timing issues with um, strikeouts and lead to a lot of high strikeouts, but he hit the ball hard, uh, extremely athletic, and I would say it's very early, and we need to see more from these guys, but I would say that he's the top. I would put him above Makai just watching the two right now. I would say that he's the top offensive prospect on the team. Um, it's very close. There's a lot of guys, like I said, with um, with Mosquito, with Backstrom. There are guys there that are interesting, that are very, very close. But for me right now, Morton is the guy. Cal Conley had a two-home run game. Uh, hit those balls a long way. I, 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 yeah, I would not have bet on him being the guy who hit a, got a two-home run game, by the way. Uh, he was swinging for the fences. He made a great defensive play. He looked good. I don't think that he's going to be in low A long. I'm actually surprised he's there now. I guess he did struggle at the end of the year last year. Um, and I think some of that is wanting Grissom to play shortstop full-time and wanting Conley to play shortstop full-time and not necessarily wanting to split their reps too much at the position. But I would not be surprised if Conley spends like a month in low A and then gets moved up to Rome because he's, you know, he's a college guy. He should be expected to move fairly quickly and the Braves do like him. Adam Zabrowski hit a home run in the first game. Uh, That is a very large man. Um, And a guy that is not a very good defensive catcher. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah. He's, he's, he's too big for back there. And yeah, he's, he, he made, he made some mistakes and that's, I don't think he, he's not going to catch long term. I don't see him sticking back there. But if he can hit a little bit and tap into that power, he can start hitting some balls a long way very quickly. Um, and then Stephen Paolini didn't really do a whole lot. 
Um, Caleb Durbin had a few hits here and there, but overall, mostly the guy that stood out for me mostly was Morton. I, I, he, the numbers weren't like mind blowing, but just watching him play the game, um, the bat speed there, the athleticism, there's a lot to love about watching Caden Morton play. Um, onto the pitching staff, AJ Smith Shaver, I put up an article that went up today, went up this morning on, Smith Shaver, just kind of my thoughts on him, and that will be a little more in-depth than what we'll go through here, but he was, I think for both of us, he was ahead of where we were expecting. We were expecting him to be extremely raw, and really, he showed a fat, he showed a change-up that looked really good at times, which I wasn't expecting him to be as good as it was. His command was better than I expected. He was putting some fastballs up high in the zone. Overall, Shaver looked really good, and I think he's a guy that's going to jump up fairly significantly on our midseason list. Um, Adam Shoemaker, on the other hand, his command was, I mean, you can tell how raw he is. His command is very far behind. Again, one start, but his command is very far behind. His off-speed stuff is in and out. Sometimes it looks fine. Other times it definitely does not. The fastball is good enough to play. But overall, he needs a lot of refinement, and I don't think that he's going to be a guy that goes out and excels this year. He's not going to, you know, beat the world up down there, but he's going to do okay. The guy that had the best outing of anybody in the system uh, this year so far was Roy Verslinas, um, who I will have Just an article. Just like we all predicted. <laughs> yes, I will have an article going up on him tomorrow. 11 strikeouts and four and a third innings uh, is absolutely ridiculous. It's worth mentioning that Columbia team, that Columbia team is a mess. Defensively, offensively, that team is not very good. It's very, very clear that they are not very good. Uh, but Salinas absolutely dominated him. That is a live arm, a very sharp, uh, slider or it's, I think the slider is the sharp, yeah, a very sharp slider. It's a down, kind of a downward breaking slider, but it's a very sharp slider. Kind of loops in a curveball every now and then. I see him as a relief arm long term, just with his delivery and not having a third pitch that I think projects very well. But he's gonna put up some gaudy strikeout totals at the lower levels. Um, but excuse me, Chris Anglin had a fantastic relief outing, seven strikeouts in either three and a third or three and two thirds. I cannot remember the exact whether it's two thirds or one third, but. He's a guy that I kind of had some high hopes out of him. I had heard some good things about him. Uh, the fastball looks like he can kind of throw it in the zone and keep it in the zone. The curveball is a very – it's a big curveball. It's a slower curveball. Uh, it's a very big downward-breaking curveball that works well with the plane of the fastball. I think he's going to be a very good arm in the bullpen for Augusta. And he's a guy that I look at as a middle relief prospect that we should keep our eyes on as a player that could get to Atlanta as a left-handed relief prospect. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of guys to go through in Augusta. Um, you know, the, the, just the strength that Makai has is something that really stands out. The bat speed too. When he turns on something, I mean, the, 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 the swing is a little, a little longer and he like really loves to get full, full extension on anything he's swinging at. But man, it, it is absolute. Just violence when he hits a baseball. Uh, I, I really did like Cade Morton's too. I had, I had some really good at bats too. Just, you know, just overall, just, it feels like he has a good feel for the game. Um, 
Uh, Roy Bersalinas is an interesting case because I'm right with you. I think he's a relief arm. Uh, his lower body is just not involved in that in his in his when he's deliver in his delivery at all. And if they got his lower body involved, like in a, a kind of a seamless way, he could be a lot more interesting. But he had a great a great start. But I do wish he'd kind of be able to get his lower body more involved because it's a lot of effort in that arm right now. So it makes me really think that it's, if he's not a reliever, then he's probably going to end up there in pretty short order because I don't think anyone's arm can really put up with what he was doing. Um, I really like what I saw at AJ Smith Schaffer. Uh, fastball was sitting 93 to 97, you know, and he was commanding it at the top of the zone or out of the zone, getting a lot of great swings and misses. Command of the secondaries wasn't quite as good, or at least as consistent. And some of the hits that he, that he gave up were just like garbage flares. One was like a flare to left that barely landed, fa- barely landed fair, and it was between like three defenders that just couldn't quite get there. So it's just you know little stuff here and there that like he was actually better. He had a good line. And he was actually better than his line indicated. So for a, for a prep arm in his first full season, you take that 10 times out of 10. Uh, I know that you also had a pretty more detailed background. It's kind of what he did in that start that we had to go up on battery power. Make sure you guys go ahead and just go ahead and read that because it's a pretty, a pretty well, well documented of his first start. Again, we don't want to draw too many conclusions about what a guy is going to be based on one start, but the, the results were really promising. Shoemaker just strikes me as another one of those guys that's really tall, long, lanky, long levers, and he's just going to have a tough time having his delivery be repeatable. But if he fills out that frame a little bit and he figures it out, there's a lot to like there because that's just, you know, with the, it, you know, it's again, it's like the Randy Johnson thing, right? Like it's, you know, there's not many guys that, that are built like that, can, that can end up being, that command their stuff enough to get somewhere. But if they figure it out, then they have all some, some really big physical advantages. I mean, that ball comes out of his hand and it's already like halfway to home plate. He's just so tall. Uh, and just, I, very intrigued by the arm. Do hope that the kind of the off-speed stuff, the breaking stuff, he ends up being able to command that a little bit better. But for a first start, again, for a, p- a prep pitching prospect, no issues whatsoever. I thought it was overall uh, a really good week down there for Augusta and a really refreshing considering what we had to watch in Augusta last year, which was a whole lot of undrafted free agents and, you know, all the good prospects were promoted out there really, really quickly with the notable exception of Vaughn Grissom, who ended up being promoted out there, just took a while, and then Joey Estes, who is no longer in the organization. So to have this many exciting guys at low A is is a lot of fun. I mean, we don't know for sure what uh, these guys are going to end up, but there's always something interesting happening down in Augusta, uh, as opposed to the quote-unquote interesting that we saw when we'd see games where, like, they'd somehow draw 18 walks and lose or, you know, just have, like, games completely implode and a bunch of prospects that aren't really prospects you know, doing stuff. So it was nice to see kind of having this real hotbed of talent down there in, down there in Augusta to have some guys that are, they're real prospects to talk about. Uh, Garrett, before we let everyone go, is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, we want to be entirely fair here. They did blow a six, nothing lead in the, on opening day in Salinas start. So, uh, not, they haven't entirely, they haven't entirely exercised the demons of last year yet, but, uh, Definitely a better team than last year for sure. We'll actually be watching the games a lot more consistently. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I guess some things never change. You know, at the end of the day, it is low A. Uh, still, some weird stuff's going to happen. Well, thanks again so much. Thanks again to all of you for listening and supporting the podcast, both in the off season as we and as we get into the major league season. It's and minor league season for that matter. It's been an absolute joy to actually talk about real baseball games again. Uh, we've the, our you know our group chat and just kind of us co- being able to talk about new players and just 
actual baseball things happening as opposed to thinking or trying to project or guessing as to what guys are going to look like. Hopefully we'll be able to get some more answers on, you know, what's going on with Braden Shoemake, what's going on with Drew Waters as the weeks go on. But for right now, we're just going to be talking about baseball. And, you know, for all the support you guys have given us over the course of the last few months during what has been a very trying time to lock out, we really appreciate each and every one of you. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Battery Power podcast feed. All you have to search is, is Battery Power and in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use. If you search Battery Power, our feed is in there. You'll get this podcast, which is our minor league podcast. You'll get the flagship show hosted by most of the time by the great Brad Roland, sometimes by either myself or Scott Colbin. But the co-hosting news is very much myself or Scott. And then we also have the Daily Hammer, which is hosted by Sean Coleman, who's been doing a great job with your kind of a daily shorter form show, kind of with your daily updates as what's going on with the Braves. Garrett, I appreciate you as always making sure you're taking the time to come and Talk talk prospects with me. We'll be back next week where we talk about what's been going on for a full week of games, a full slate, and it's going to be really kind of exciting to see what the, what, we, what these guys look like. Both some of these lower level guys we're going to be seeing for the first time, and then we're also going to see guys, see guys that have more of their feet under them as they've got a full slate of games under them. Thanks again so much, and until next time, we'll see you on the road. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.